Hey, y'all, and welcome to Recovery Real Talk. Nothing changes if nothing changes. I am a grateful alcoholic addict. My problem is Teddy, and I'll be your tour guide on this bozo bus that's just trying to stay sober and keep it between the ditches. I want to welcome you all and to let you know how humbled we are that you've taken out your time to give us a listen. If you're already a subscriber, thanks and welcome back. If this is your first time, it's great to have you with us. Please take a second and hit subscribe, like us, and share us if you dig what we're trying to say. We are so grateful that you guys are all here. We hope that our little show is going to be fun, insightful, but most importantly, real. We are here to be of service to those who are in a program of recovery or those of you who may just be tired of playing the same silly games expecting different prizes. We hope to share our experience, strength, and hope with you that you too may recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. Just a quick FYI, by no means and most assuredly do we not speak for AA, NA, CA, or any 12-step program as a whole. You are free to agree or disagree with anything we say as you see fit. In fact, if we do say anything that can't be reconciled with the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous or the 12 and 12, we suggest you stop. Don't pay attention to anything we say. And then please, send help, because one of us have lost our damn mind again. This is real talk about recovery. So if you're offended by a little bad language, we're sorry. Just consider yourself warned. Now y'all ready? Let's go. Hey guys, how are you? Thank you for tuning in. Got a really special day today. I got a buddy of mine coming in to hang out with us, and uh, we're really excited to have him. Uh, Just remember, guys, do me a favor if you're here um, for the first time, or if you're a return customer, you know, give us a like, give us a subscribe, and all the good things that happen right right below this, and we greatly appreciate it. So uh, we're going to get started this afternoon, and I just want to introduce you guys to a, a friend of mine that, man, he is... An incredible dude, incredible man. He's an inspiration to me. And so I was able enough to, to get him to take time out of his busy schedule and come in here. Um, Mr. Tim F. And and so, um, Tim, you know, where where are you originally from? Hey, um, hey everybody. Uh, I'm Tim F. And I'm an alcoholic. I'm originally from Oklahoma, Tulsa. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Well, if you don't mind, would you, would you share your sobriety date with us? I have 13,550 days today. Um, so it's March 11th, 1986. Holy shit. Okay. So I'm going to ask you a question. What is your favorite book of all time? Favorite book of all time? I guess I'm supposed to say the big book, but, um, you know, I, I had a couple of books that were influential early on in my sobriety in early sobriety, at least in the eighties, a lot of the required reading was things like Zen mind, beginner's mind by Suzuki, um, chop wood, carry water was another one, the Dawapu. I found that one really helpful. And ultimately, after I was sober a little while, I think one of the best books was Sermon on the Mount uh, by Emmett Fox. And, and now to those of you that are out there, I know this is not, these are not, you know, AA-approved literature, but, you know, from my understanding, it's one of the books that they used early on before they had a big book. And a lot of the language comes from the same places that Emmett Fox was from. So a lot of the language of the big book is Spirit of the Universe and all that kind of stuff is in there. And he had a real terrific hit because not unlike a lot of people, I had 
I was one of those people that, you know, I was pretty sure there was a God and I was pretty sure he was pissed off at me. So I, I, I didn't, I didn't have what you would call a relationship, you know what I mean? So that kind of reframed a lot of things for me. So that was a huge influence in my early sobriety. It, it, it changed a lot of my thinking. A lot of his books do. Um, some of them, in some of his books, I don't mean to ramble about this, but I, I, like in some of his books, like um, his book about the Ten Commandments, which I had a big, I mean, I had a tough time. Like when I first read it, man, it was like it it mentioned, you know, our Lord and Savior and no offense to anyone, but like it, it really kind of got me a little bit. I had difficult I had difficulty early on, but I finally realized, man, I needed to not shoot the messenger. I need to like take, you know, because I was a guy that came here I, I changed my beliefs instead of my behaviors. You know what I mean? Sure. I was I I so any kind of rule setting was just going to be impossible for me cuz I just kept changing the line wherever it was. But one of the things in the books that he does is he actually defines things. Like the the whole thou shalt not. He said that doesn't mean you shouldn't, it means you can't. Which is completely different, right? You you can't kill. So in other words, that's a different hit on it. Well, it is. Maybe not for OJ, but it's <laughs> Yeah. Well, okay. I'll stay out of that. Um so, you know, how 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 you know what what's been going on in your life recently that you did or didn't expect? Wow. Um you know, sobriety is interesting because at different points in your sobriety, I, when I first came into the program, you know, the first thing you asked me was my sobriety date and you know, that was a new thing when I came to Texas that they, they, everybody says their sobriety date. And early on, I was a little like, why are they doing that? You know, I don't really want to try to impress anybody. But it's, you know, it's it's not unlike in New York. They, If you're in your first 90 days, you, you announce how many days you have. And sure. it's just a way of tracking because you'll see if you're if you're coming to the program on a daily basis, you'll see somebody, you know, 10 days, 20 days, 30 days, one day, you know. So you you understand that they went out, right? Because when I got here, somebody that had because there was one guy Cy Payne that, out in San Francisco who was a huge influence in my sobriety, and Cy had twenty five years, and I just thought, you know, why the hell are you still here? Yeah, I mean, like like what well, you you obviously don't have a problem, you know, but but life gets lifey, and so to your point, to your question, um, as of October, um, end of October, I. I didn't realize it, but I had like walking pneumonia and I basically was sitting on the edge of my bed and I didn't think I didn't know where my next breath was coming from. I thought I was going to die. And uh, what I was having was congestive heart failure. And uh, so I drove myself to the ER and I walked in and I, as I jokingly said, I told the doctors that I, I thought I was sick and they thought I was worse. So anyway, a week later, I finally got out, but I had almost died. Um, I had congestive heart failure. They told me I had the beginnings of, of diabetes and I, like all this stuff. It was, um, I mean, they sort of put me on all these different medications and they had to change everything that I ate. It was like, you know, I couldn't, you know, I had to watch sugar. I had to watch carbs. I had to watch, you know, like really low sodium because yeah. of the heart stuff. I couldn't have liquids because of the heart stuff. It was like, you know. Like I couldn't have anything. I have to tell you, thank God for the program because it was one of those moments, not unlike getting sober, where I was like, you know, people are like, well, that must have been difficult. I'm like, 
No, it was an alternative. Like it was either go this way or die, right? You know, so it was just easy. It was like the easier, softer way was, you know, it's it's really easy. Just change everything. Sure. Well, I mean, and I mean this in all up due respect, but you're half the man that uh, you were when I met you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Please, please clarify that. Well, that that know, means yeah, I lost weight. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, t- yeah. t- literally almost, you know, I mean, he, you look incredible, you know, and yeah, I tell yeah. you that every time you, you know, yeah. and that's, and that's thing for the, to the program. So I'm, yeah, I've lost about, I don't know, at this point. 75, 80 pounds. Wow. Well, you look great, brother. I'm just telling you. It's getting there. So a question that I ask every one of our guests, what does your morning routine look like? You know, for the first six years during the day, I would sit down, get quiet, write down what I did during the day, take a look, see if there were any resentments, find these resentments, draw, um, do this little letter thing and a, a whole process where I got rid of the resentments. Then I would take three deep, deep breaths, close my mind off, and then write whatever came to mind, right? And I did that religiously for about six years. And what that did for me was it got me to a completely different place with where I don't wake up with resentments. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually going through a step study right now. You know, so let me answer your question. What was the original question? <laughs> um, what does your morning routine look like? What does your morning routine look I got, like? I got it. I got it. I was sort of, I was sort of joking anyway. But uh, my morning routine, I, I don't immediately go into meditation and all that kind of stuff. I know people sit down and, uh, you know, it, it t- takes me a while to like just, I just sort of gradually wake up. And a lot of my early morning rituals and all that are very quiet. I live by myself, so there's not a lot of distraction. Um, I know that's not possible for a lot of people, you know what I mean? So in a, in a way, I feel fortunate in that, like I, like I just have that quiet time. Um, another little side note is when I'm in my car, a lot of people talk about the rage in cars and all that. And I'm not saying I don't think people in front of me need to be driving faster or slower or, or some other way. So I'd be okay. Cause I, I'm, I'm human that way. But Literally the first few days of my sobriety, the car that I had, the radio went out. And I had a 45-minute drive into work and a 45-minute drive back. And I never fixed it. And I've never had a radio on in my car my whole sobriety. I, it's one of those things that I don't talk about it very often. There's a couple of early sobriety things that I've done, that I did, that I don't really talk about very often. Maybe I'll talk about it now. But in Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, a book I mentioned, he talks about Lao Tzu talks about, in this other book, it talks about going down the river of life, being an observer, observer, not a participant. And I was always had my hand in everything trying to change the outsides as opposed to just sort of being and allowing that, you know, to be an observer. So um, it really helped me, right? Um, I don't know if, the, you know, I'm just going to talk off the cuff. No, the other, the other, the other thing that, you know, it just came to mind that I did one in early sobriety that was kind of weird. You know, that what I joked about, it's like, you know, it's, you just change one thing, everything, you know, and my sponsor yeah. would go, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, really funny. Like, I don't think that's funny, but I took them serious in a way. And I decided because I realized this was changing habits and it was changing like something at the core of me. Um, I mean, so much that when I quit drinking, I was having drinking dreams, right? I didn't have any drinking dreams when I was drinking. I didn't have those. 
But in my drinking dreams, I couldn't stay sober even when I was asleep. So I knew I had a deep-seated problem and I needed to change some pattern. So I changed everything. I started eating with my left hand. I started doing things with my left hand that I normally did with my right. I'll leave that to your imagination. But um, I, I started, I, like, I, I'm a creature of habit. I put on a t-shirt one arm at a time the same way. I put pick up a towel and dry myself off after I get out of the shower, whip that around my back always one way. So I was, I was constantly going, oh, 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 I've got to go another. And it was a real strong message to my subconscious that I was serious about change and that I, I had the ability. It was small little steps in making a change that I, and I would kind of thank God every time I did it. Sure. I would just go, thanks for the power to do that. Thanks. You know, and, and it was just, so anyway, that was, I mean, that's a wacky little deal. Well, and I'll tell you that, um, you know, we've got a, you know, a couple of things and you've hit on a couple of things that, uh, you know, we will be able to compare to the guys coming in that, that visit because, you know, it sounds, it sounds like to me that, you know, willing to go to any links was exactly that for you, you know, I mean, you, you know, applying that. And then, you know, in the big book, when it says, you know, some of us tried to hold on to our old ideas and the result were not worth a shit or, you know, nil, nil which is yeah, less, yeah, which yeah. the definition of that is less than zero. Yeah, I less than zero. I don't know what less than zero is, you know, that's nil. Yeah, yeah, it's nil. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, is, you know, but it also holds on because it doesn't say that we tried to hold on to some of our old ideas. It was, we, you know, that we tried to, you know, we, tro we, we, we tried to hold on to all of our old deals. And for me, all of my old deal, you know, ideas were nil. So let me ask you a question. Um, oh, all right. Um, and so um, um, what's been on your mind recently uh, that you hope to share with our listeners today? Um, are we kind of talking topic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, one of the things we talked about, you and I, was this whole we are not a glum lot, right? Right. Uh, and I, early on, I said, you know, I said my sobriety date, and like I was saying, like, I, when I saw people with 25 years, I just thought, man, you must not have drank like I did. I, I just, because I wasn't going to live past 25, or, so I wasn't going to live past 30, right? And I now have 37 years of sobriety, so I'm on, like, overtime or something. I don't know. So what's it like to graduate? Yeah, right, <laughs> right. But <clears throat> I, you know, the whole we are not a glum lot, like we want to be happy, joyous, and free and all that. I, I, don't, I don't believe the book's really talking about the idea that we're always happy, right? I don't really shoot for happy, to be honest. I shoot for content because I've, I've been that high... And there's always another side to it. So I kind of shoot for, and, and it's weird because people say, how are you? And I'll go, I'm okay. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I shoot for okay. Yeah. I don't mean okay like life could be better. I'm not saying it like I'm wearing it like in a bad way. It's sure. just, I'm okay. Um, my first sponsor said, Tim, you're always okay. Your job is to know it. Yes, yes. And I... I, I didn't understand that for a long time, right? Because I, I actually, I was constantly trying to get somewhere, do something, be somebody, be with somebody, make something, get something, and then I was going to be okay when I finally got there, right? This arrival thing. What the program has given me is this sense of peace and comfort of being 
who I am, where I am, when I'm there, and allow me to be in the moment. That's what the steps do. They help create a relationship with yourself, with God, and others, right? Right. Then you ultimately realize they're they're all the same. Exactly, exactly. But I, I, I don't think that we're a glum lot means that I'm happy all the time, but I'll tell you, going through challenges sure. like I just went through, right? Because... Sure. Um, I don't mean to be dramatic, but I literally had the sitting on the edge of your bed going, meeting your maker going, sure. how'd I do? And I got to hear the answer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You bet. Like, I was like, because I was like, you know, if this is it and this is the best I did, I did pretty good. Amen. I mean, I, yeah. You know, I, no. I, I did pretty good. And I'm glad the answer was that. But there was also this side of there's more I can do. Right. No. Oh, yeah. But. But I was able to go through that with the fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, with the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, with the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous and a God of my understanding or misunderstanding, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> and able to go through those things with some sort of grace and dignity and, and be supported and allow myself to be supportive, which is another huge thing where, yeah, I, you know, I mentioned off the cuff, I drove myself to the emergency ward. Yep. People were like, why did you do that? I'm like, because I didn't have insurance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I do know exactly. Um, and that's another thing. I mean, think, you know. You get a huge bill at the end of that after a week in the hospital. You oh, know, you bet. We're, we're talking a hundred grand. You know, yeah. we're talking a lot of money. Oh, yeah. And you know, that fear of economic insecurity and all that. I mean, all those promises that you know, like, all those promises can weave in and out of our lives depending on where and what our relationship is on that daily basis with the God of our understanding. No, I'm. I'm yeah, you're. I mean. And, you know, I mean, I know a little bit about, you know, the huge bill at the end because of the le- my leg. Sure. You know, I sure. mean, you know, spend eight days in ICU. Yeah. I, I you know. know that's... You know, it, it's a, it, 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 you know, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit eye opening from that standpoint. And I still don't know how the hell you get charged for $800 for a pencil. Um, but, it, you know, it happens and it happens. So, um. What what who was the one person that had the most influence in your recovery other than your higher power? That's a great question. I think you know that old saying when the student is ready the teacher appears. Yes. I I am not trying to duck the question but there's I I Yes. My sobriety is is based and and firmly placed on the backs of other greats. I mean, standing on the shoulders of greatness. Whatever that freaking saying is, yeah. That that, but that's, you know, I have a thing on my wall that I I, I actually said it to somebody and um, and they actually did this calligraphy thing and and did this thing that's up on my wall in my kitchen and it says, you know, nothing of me is original. I'm I'm a kind of a conglomerate. I'm a, I'm a mixture of every everybody that I've ever met. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, so, but there was early on, um, I will preface this with sponsors are flawed. Sponsors are human. Sponsors can do really yucky things, and that's putting it mildly, okay? Um, 
I've had a few of those experiences. That said, some of the information I got from first guy I ever worked with was invaluable because he put he did his job. He he guided me in not only helping to put me put my hand in the hand of God's. He guided me on how to do that. Yes. He explained what the steps looked like in my daily life, as opposed to sitting down and reading the book. You understand? All no, that, I do. All of I that's, do. Please miss, don't misunderstand. All of that is incredibly valuable, but understanding what a 10th step looks like in real life when you're there without a pencil and you're in front of her or him or whoever, and you've just done wrong. And you've got enough experience in this program that you're able to go back to that, the person at the retail counter. Sure. This happened to me recently. And I've, I got to tell you, I, I have one sort of niggling resentment that I'm going to bring up with my sponsor uh, in this step stuff. Sure. Other than that, it's, it's fears. Oh, you bet. You the bet. Longer, you bet. The longer, when I was first sober going through the steps, it was all about the resentments. I had to get rid of those resentments. You know, I had tons of them. Well, when I first got sober, I didn't, I said, you know, I don't have any. <laughs> and my sponsor, God bless him, he didn't laugh. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was like, well, why don't you just like start with mom, skip two lines, write dad down, skip two lines, write, you know, and I did that. And it was like, mom, dad, my sister, my brother. Michael, you know, yeah. oh, you Michael so and so in the in the third grade. That's right. Like, you know, it was I was off to the races. But um I don't know where I was. I was rambling. Well, I mean, you know, the thing the thing that, you know, cuz you did a good job of stepping around it, but you hit it, you know, it, it is we are, you know, the equal to the sum of who we are. So 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 early on my, you know, I I think a big kudos to the the first guy that put me through the steps and, and, and taught me that valuable lesson and, and opened my eyes to spirituality. So I started studying the American Indian cultures, or I studied some Eastern philosophies and I started, you know, and, and what I, what I ended up finding out is I started to be able to buy into these certain principles and I found my beliefs because I was like, I said to my sponsor, I don't have any, I, like, I I would say, I would bash other religions. I would bash religion. I would sure. bash people that were Christian. I would yeah. bash people who t- wanted to, you know, sell me God at my doorstep. And I, I'm with you. I was like, I was, I was constantly against that. And my sponsor was like, okay, so what do you believe? Yeah. And that, with that complete was, silence, sure. he goes, perhaps we need to find your own. That's right. Because you've changed your behavior to match your new beliefs and changed your beliefs to match your behavior. Do you know what I mean? That's good. No, that's good. Like, a, like, a, like, why don't you, why don't we find some principles that you believe are, are true and then you can find where that fits in. And he basically said, you look at a map and you got San Francisco on one side, New York on the other. It's two different cities. It's two different things. You got religion and you got spirituality. This is a spiritual program. It's all about that. If you find the religion at the end, that's absolutely fine. Yeah. And, and, and very often we do, we end up going back and I'm much, much more comfortable with that. You bet. Right? I mean, I, you know, but you know, I had to 
go and study. So I, tr- I tried to find, so that was the first guy that did that. So the other person that, that taught me about a lot of those things and what it looks like in real life was this guy named Cy Payne. He's dead now, so I can say his last name. So, which is why Teddy laughed earlier on, because <laughs> I always say my last name, which I, I'm not anonymous in meetings. Sure. No, I know. I, but I, I, but yeah. on this stuff, I try to watch my language no, a little bit. I'm with you. I try to, I try to, I, and, I, and I don't say my last name, because I, I, I honor the traditions. That's I right. want to make sure it's there for a newcomer. And if you are a newcomer, man, this is, obviously this is just my opinion, but I hope you find what I found out there because in here, because it's, it's this whole, we are a glum lot thing. It like it, it, they all, it didn't give me a, it, it didn't save my life. It gave me a whole new one. Yeah. It's good. Like I don't like it, it. It's nowhere near like the things I always say this, the things that I, and most grateful for weren't even on my radar. Yeah. They weren't they weren't things and the things that I'm most grateful and most precious to me are those things that I, I never even knew I wanted. I mean I today I thank God for everything He's given me, real or imagined. Like everything He's given me, sure. seen and unseen. You bet. And everything He's taken away. You bet. Seen and unseen. Yeah. Because I I know I've missed some bullets, but I don't even know the bullets that I haven't missed. That's right. I mean? That I that, that were I, intended that, for you. That were intended that that somehow I ducked and didn't didn't hit. You know what I mean? Well, you know, I I love I love your approach on, you know, the, the God of your understanding. And and the reason for that is is why I love it is I you know I had a really big problem with the God thing. You know, I mean, I mean, relapse is a part of my you know you know my story. And so you know, I had a thirty eight year drinking career, and the last thing when I you know, every single time that I would try to get sober, and I would honestly want to get sober, but then I'd walk into these rooms and they'd go, "Once an alcoholic, always an alcoholic. Never be able to drink again." And then they would back that up with God, and I went. Oh well, hey, guess what? Because the Ten Commandments to me, you know, when they were when they were told to me was the ten, you know, can't you can't do, and then they said even if you think about doing it, and at that point, man, I went, I'm, you know, screwed. But you know, I love the way that you said, you know, hey, hey I, you know, I looked at you know some other philosophies because I did that, you know. Step step two in the twelve and twelve covers this really really it really well. does it really because it it kind of names all the different kinds and at some point or other I've been all of those sure and sometimes later on in sobriety I was the one with faith but you know it because even people that had faith right that had that they we still couldn't stay sober that's exactly right and it, like that's a true dilemma because it's like I'm going to I'm doing the deal and yet I can't stay sober yes. And the detach was it wasn't a quantity of faith, it was the quality of faith. So so it was trying to find that relationship, right? And 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 that's and that's what the steps are about. They remove those blocks that those things that are blocking us that allow us to I mean, I'm only here by the grace of God, but that sounds I don't know, a little airy fairy. But you know, what that looked like in reality was the morning or afternoon that I came to I was back in New York City after not being there in four years, doing exactly the same thing with the exact same 
results, not remembering what I'd done the night before, wake up, I crawled off uh, on my knees, and I'm like banged up, bloody and bruised, which was not, it wasn't the worst evening I'd ever had. Sure, sure. Just, I'd had no, worse. I, yeah, I'm with you. I'd had worse. Yeah. I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm like dead serious. It wasn't the worst, but I was the worst inside. Inside, I was like, dear God, I can't live like this anymore. And I had gone to a meeting the night before with a buddy of mine who had gotten sober. So I went to help him out because he had a problem with sure, drinking. Sure, he, he had a problem with drinking. True story. No. True story. I was like, I'll, I'll help support you. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you bet. But I came to that morning, and, and I realized, I was like, well, what I did was I just went, dear God, I can't live like this anymore. What would you have me do? And I was not a praying guy, but like... I like I always say that I don't know where those words come came from, but I do know now. Yeah. But there was this still quiet voice that just was like, "Go back to those meetings. You're going to be okay." And I picked up the phone, and it's in those ten seconds that I somehow had the power to do something that I was incapable of ten seconds before, or probably ten seconds after. Do you understand? No, I do. That's where the grace. I think there's in a weird way. I don't know if we live in a state of grace. I think that like sometimes grace is a limited thing because I'd had those moments where I had, because in that moment I had the power to pick up that phone. If I hadn't picked up that phone, we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's right. No, I mean, I believe 100% in that. But I think that's where grace lives is in that, in that period of time between the petition and, and me being humble enough to, to, to listen for the answer. Cause that was the one thing that Cy Payne said to me one I, I'll tell this story because a year and a half sober, I went to this guy Sai, who was basically he was Buddha man. He was just the cool, <laughs> he was great. He was well he's well known in the Bay Area actually, and uh, he and Frank Brennan were both people that I knew, loved, and were and um, Frank started half the meetings out there. Sure, when I was out there, this guy Frank was I mean he was forty. 40 years sober, you know what I mean? Oh, wow. And, but but Cy was 25 years sober, and, and and I went to Cy. I was a year and a half sober, and I was freaking out. And I, I, I couldn't tell you what was going on. There was no, like, there was no there there. I wasn't, it was just this unnamed anxiety that I just was like, I was freaking out. And I just was like, I said, Cy, I said, I just, I don't know what it is. I said, it, it just feels like, I don't know what it is. I, I, I can't, um, I can't put a name on it, you know. And uh, I forget the what he. I I'm blanking now what he said, <laughs> but, but he, he just, just looked, looked at, at me, me and he was like, like, he said, Tim, can I, can I give you a piece of advice? And I said, sure, Sai. I said, you know, um, I said. What is, you know, I'm asking your course. And I've never forgotten that because he asked my permission. Yeah, that's cool. Do you know what I mean? He's no, uh, yeah. You're sober. And I'm like, but yeah, but of course. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, he said, I, he said, what I do, he said, and what I've done, he said, is I've, I've, I've gotten quiet and I've asked God for an answer. And he said, and here's the most important part for the next hour listen yes yes yeah i understand it yes right that's good but you know he also he also kind of put a time frame on it 
Like it wasn't just random, like asking, but you know, he was like, really listen for the next hour and see. And he goes in, and this is the part that's really the coolest for him because he looked at me and he said, Timmy said, this has happened to me. And he said, in 25 years, it's never failed me. That's heavy. And I went, okay. Because I believed him. No, you bet. You know, and that's that's the trust that one alcoholic talking to another, right? No, it's exactly right. You know, I and and you know, the, I've I've got a, a a really cool video, and I'll show you afterwards. But cool. you know, the way that you know, I describe belief and faith. You know, because Indiana Jones has an incredible, and, and it's part you know part two with you know Sean Connery and those type things, but where they're searching for the Holy Grail. You know, and it gets to the, you know, right at this end, this edge, and, you know, you hear his father in the background saying, you got to believe, you got to believe. Well, and that's my, you know, that's that's my take on it is, you know, belief comes before faith because faith is a verb. But he takes his foot and he lifts his foot over this huge chasm that there's no path that you can see, you remember? And then you can see, and he activates that faith by taking that step. And, you know, I found that in my life that I had spent my entire life trying to find, you know, seek and you'll find. And and, and I'll tell you, Bruce, you know, um, said to me um, one time, he said, he said, man, because I was, you know, beating myself up, you know what I mean, about, man, I'm just trying to find, trying to better, you know, rela- my, my relationship with God and all of those things that I'm searching through, all of these philosophies and everything else. And he said, Teddy, you, you know, you're, you're not honoring the seeking. And I went, man, you know, that was exactly what I needed to hear exactly at the right time because I, I, it just came to me that I had never really honored the seeking because I was so fixated on the find, you know. So that and, and that was good. So um, when did you first think that AA? I mean, was it that day or when you were helping your friend and going to an AA meeting that AA might have an answer for you? Um, when I went to that meeting, I you know, I sat. In a, so I I sat there in the back of the room and. The irony is I had not been in New York in four years. I walked into a random meeting with my buddy, Doug. I knew four other people in the meeting out of 25. Really? I need four or five people in the meeting. One guy I drank at his bar on 72nd Street. And like, like I hadn't been in New York in four years. Yeah. Were, so when you there's four people that, you know, were close drinking friends that are in the AA meeting. Well, you might need to be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just thought it was really good yeah. for them. But they, but they gave me, they didn't give me a big book. They gave me this book, Living Sober. And um, so I went back to the place I was staying and had a couple of Budweiser's and read the first seven pages of Living Sober. <laughs> and it talks about putting down the first drink, the one that's in your hand. Yeah. And I literally had one in my hand, and I sat there alone in this apartment in New York City looking around to see me, and it brought back the guilt and the shame and all that kind of stuff, and I just thought. But that whole concept of the first drink, because I'd always, like it wasn't it wasn't the end, it wasn't the caboose that was killing me. Amen. It was the front of the train that was hitting me. It was, it was, it was ingesting that thing. And then the idea that I couldn't, like, 
it wasn't hard to introduce the idea that I couldn't stay away from the first drink because I had proved that over and over again. I mean, I, I, I had that. So I don't know. I, there was something in me that, that broke that day when I, I, you know, that I just sat there and I just went, I, I can't, I, I, this is beyond me because I saw the end of the movie. Yes. Yeah. I really did. I was like, I was sitting there and I was like, like I said, it was just inside something broke. And it was kind of like people said, oh, it's really difficult to change your eating and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, no, because it really wasn't a choice. Sure. It was an alternative. Yeah. I can go on to the bitter end or I can, I can do this change thing. Yeah. Right. And I, and I can embrace it. I like that. And, um, you know, like change is not difficult. It's the fighting that change that's difficult. I like that. I really do. I really do. You know what I mean? It's yes. not, it's not, change is good. Thank God for change or we wouldn't be having this conversation. That's I know exactly your right. Story. <laughs> I know your story and you know some of mine. Yeah. I'm like, we're ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny when I say I'm not, I wasn't going to be here at 30. Yeah. Uh, my, my mom died when I was seven years sober. Okay. Okay. I was I was 35 years old and in the will I was the insanity clause. What? In in basically two pages of legalese it basically said like if he lives don't give him money until he's 35. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Insane. Yeah. So no. I'm 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 7 years sober. That's right. And she's still basically going, yeah, don't yeah. give him any money cuz <laughs> I, you know, so, you know, but crazy doesn't know when crazy is crazy. No, no. We, we don't know. That's that's why you need a sponsor. That's why you need a a group of, of guys around you that, that aren't going to BS you, that are going to tell you the truth, right? You and that, know, that's it. that know everything about you. You know, I've got a couple of guys that, that know everything. Sure. Right? I don't, I, I don't have those secrets. I mean, that's... They'll kill you, you know. It's those, it's it, you know, it's those secret secrets and lurking notions, you know, that are are, are the thing. Well, you know, I've well, had, it's the rationalization from the seek from the secrets. It's not the secrets. No, it's a, you it's bet. The, the justification, it's the, or yeah, it's the justification because that's where the old ideas come from. That's right. Because it, it's it's not the events in our life that affected us. It's the decisions that we made about those events that are so crazy. You know, when I look back on them. Right. Well, I'll tell you, you know, when you said, you know, when you said that, you know, something inside you broke, you know, I mean, a lot of people call that the psychic change or a lot of people call it the gift of desperation, you know, I mean, because yeah, I, 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 I mean, call it surrender because that's a, yeah. I mean, the most powerful thing, the most powerful thing that I found is what I thought was once, you know, a huge weakness I found that within surrender and without, you know, without fighting with, with in, nothing else, um, that, that that was the, 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 the wisest move I could ever made. And it, some, sometimes it's been, I mean, I, I won't say that it's, it's, surrender's always been painless because I've decided to make the decision to suffer a bit. But, you know, there's been, it's, it's kind of the problem with, like, we... We hold on to those things because what are we going to be when we let go of them? It's the hole in the donut. That's exactly right. 
like it, it may not be serving me, but I don't have a better idea. And I got to get what I want or else I'm not going to be okay. That's my problem with the third step. It's like they, there's always an addendum to the contract. Sure. I'm fine with God's will as long as it's something I like. That's right. No, I, yeah. I just don't want to be the gas station attendant in Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> and my sponsor said to me, well, what if you were happy? And there was another one that I didn't have an answer for. And I was like, well, I don't see that as possible. He goes, but what if you were? What if you were happy? Sure. So what if he, whatever he takes away... What if he, he said, do you miss drinking? And at this point, I was like, no, I don't. He goes, then whatever he removes from you, you're not going to miss that either. Yeah. That's a wonderful that's thing good. to remember no, that's about good. the sixth step. Yeah, that's good. I mean, and I had, you know, and I had my, one of my, you know, other than my 12 step spiritual experience, my seventh step experience, you know, was, was incredible. Which one is that? Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, the thing is, is, I had went back and, and, you know, did some research on how Bob did it because, you know, you know, he, and I think it was in the last five years of his, of, of his life, he sponsored like 1500 people. I mean, it was a, it, a, an insane amount. Well, he helped like, you know, the, the whole, how to listen to God pamphlet, which mm-hmm. is in a couple of different pieces of literature, but there's a pamphlet that he had that a friend of his put together that he gave 5,000 of his sponsees. Wow. Right? Just thinking about that. Which is an amazing, that's an amazing piece of literature too. It's this thing called How to Listen to God. Yeah, yeah. If you've got any questions about it, just ask me. Because it, it has this list of five things that you do, like like actual things that you do. Oh, that's cool. That is, I mean, that is. So I've got a question. Um, you know, what, 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 what I, you know, What's what's an idea that that you, that you think that pull that, up. that that um, the majority of people get wrong about AA? No, what? I'll tell you one that's. I tell you, this kind of goes along with your favorite quote. I got one that's like my the is the is the worst quote in AA. I, like it, it's the most misquoted thing, or one of the most misquoted things ever. It's like my. Um, Worst day in AA is better than my best day drinking. Yeah. That's not what they say. Yeah, go ahead. I wouldn't trade my worst day in AA for my best drink. My, you don't understand what no, I mean? No, I do. There's a difference. Big difference. There's a huge difference. That means I'm able to go through this stuff, but I'm sorry. I could name certain situations, and let's just say it involved... Some ladies and, and some sure. cocaine and some other things <laughs> yeah. that that it was it was actually a really fun evening. Okay? Eventful, yes. Yeah. It 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 beat going to a recovery center on Sundays. You know what I'm saying? That's right. I'm just saying. Yeah. But 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 would you trade it? I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade what I have for I wouldn't trade my my best days drinking for my worst you know what I mean? Yeah. Like no. I, like I I I don't wish anybody like I went through something at 20 years of sobriety where I basically lost everything. I was retired and and I I lost I had somebody steal all my money like I like anyway it was a bad day and I like I found out basically on the my the anniversary the 20th anniversary wow. sober I sat on the edge of my bed at my brother's house because I had I had come out here I'd left her. And I came out 
to Texas and I was visiting my brother and I, I literally, I went to my brother that day and I was like, you know, yesterday I was visiting you today. I'm living with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've just lost a house. A million wow. Bucks and a, and a, like all this other stuff. And I sat on the edge of my bed. So I've had things happen in sobriety that if I had an enemy, I wouldn't wish it on them, but I wouldn't change who I am based on going through all that stuff because the worst thing you can do is when somebody's going through stuff well you'll see how your experience will benefit others my <laughs> first five or six my first five or six reactions to that are not good not good at all but I but I completely understand that at the end of it I have this piece of information or this event in my life that you can look to me and you'll be trying to get sober and you'll have your excuse. And you'll go, you don't understand, see. I had somebody steal a million bucks. From I had like, and you go, no, as a matter of fact, I completely understand. Yeah. No, that's, and that's, you know, that's the cool thing about the fellowship. You know, um, there's always somebody, you know, there's somebody, um, I have a few friends that have lost daughters or sons right some cancer one was murdered like 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 awful things that have happened you wouldn't wish that on a on an enemy if you had one sure and yet who they are when they came out of that is night and day no you bet you bet so what you know how have you changed how has tim changed over the last year just over the last year, other, you know, I mean, from that standpoint. Man, there's a, a whole lot that's happened even other than the, the health stuff. But I, um, I've learned that there's another whole layer of gratitude. Like, it, it goes deeper and deeper and deeper. I don't want to go any deeper. I don't want to have to lose any more. Sure. To do you understand what oh, I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, like I, do. I was at a point point where you you still kind of are living in gratitude, and you're grateful for stuff that you know, like a full breath in and a full breath out, right? That's right. And and there's something for somebody out there that's maybe doesn't have that. You know what I mean? Like, I and I don't want to go there, but I mean, no. so there's a whole lot of stuff that that just doesn't matter. Like, there's they, there's this saying, and I heard it early on in AA. There's no big deals in AA. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe you haven't been sober long enough because there's <laughs> like there's some pretty damn big deals. Hell yeah! I understand that I can make a small deal a big deal. Sure. <coughs> I have that gift. Yeah, add the, add the horribleizer, and it's all going to be bad. Well, I have that gift, and I also have the gift of intuition, which you know <laughs> oh, I, I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you know? yeah. like yeah. so you know that sets me up. But I think there's I I think there's a level of uh, peace that I've come to. Um, if you ask me how I've changed overall, I, I, like, I'm no longer the same person, and I, and I don't, 
there's a, a lot of because uh, I had a lot of good friends early on in my in my life, right? And and I'm friends with them still today. I'm about to go back for I I I danced and there was a a huge company in New York City that sure. I danced for and and they're about to have their 75th anniversary. So in September I'm going to go back and there's going to be a bunch of people that are there and and I have a lot of those people and they still talk to me, right? Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> But, you know, I don't know, maybe they've seen a change, but I, I think a lot of it is, I get so, so much of it is also, it's not only action-wise and all that, but what has changed between my ears is amazing. Like it, like what used to bug me, like the, just the, the noise that was there. Like you don't, that's the purpose of meditation is, is not to get to a new place, I don't think. It's, it's, it's well, it is, but... Meditation, I think the, the the thing that has helped me with it is this idea that you kind of go off track and then you bring it back. You kind of go off track and you bring it back. You go off track and... So it gives you a new normal. No, amen. So I, I, it's not, it doesn't stop me from going off track. It just gives me the ability to get back on track. Yes. Yes. No, I mean, and I, I mean... That's an, that's an incredibly wise, you know, thing to say. And, you know, normally I, I wouldn't I, say that. I, you heard, know it. I, mean, I you heard, know, heard it from somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> you know, but, you know, the one thing that, you know, because, I, I, I mean, I've got, you know, I see you at meetings and, and all that stuff, and we've got to talk a little bit, but really never got to do such like this one-on-one and, and, and really in truth because, you know, the neat thing, and maybe, you, you know, I'm sure that you don't know this and you ever, would ever think that, but... You know, the coolest thing about it is, is, you know, it, it's in actions, you know, it's in the actions and in those rooms, you know, I call church because, you know, I see more miracles than, you know, most people do in a lifetime, you know, sitting in a pew or what, what, wherever to each his own. But there's a peace that follows you and that precedes you when you walk into a room and when you leave a room, wow, that's you know, and, and that's. And that's, you know, and that's just something for me to you, and I love you, and, I, and you know, it's, it's one of those things. Now I'm going to ask you, um, right along behind that, I'm going to ask you a, a, a question that I ask all, the, all of our guests. If you ha- um, had a superpower, what would it be? And what do you think it says about you? And X-ray vision's already been used. <laughs> you know... Wow, I almost want to cry because I already do. Okay, expand on that. Because the you and I are placed in a position of being able to help people that nobody else can. Sure. Like I almost want to cry about that because it's like, like that's. You know, who knew that me fixing me required me helping you? Yeah, isn't because that true? I'm, you know, you're you always to to my annoyance sometimes always say my problem is Teddy, like, but that's the truth. Sure. Our problem is us. Sure. That, that we've got to get out of the way, right? I I will say this, and and Steve G will will 
make fun of me because he says, yeah, you didn't say it first, but I swear I did. <laughs> well, he, you know, and he will be on here to refute it. Well, whatever. whatever. <laughs> I got tapes of me in 2010 saying it. So, <laughs> um, but I, because it was with my sponsor, my first sponsor, Ray, or like I, I would call him with the problem du jour, right? Sure. And it was huge, no matter what it was. It was, sure. it was a big, big deal. And I would tell him, and then he would say, you know what, go to a meeting, get a commitment, go to a meeting, make coffee, be a greeter. And I'm like, okay. And I'd call him the next time with the problem du jour, and he'd say, go to a meeting, make some coffee, find a newcomer, help him out, give him your phone number. And I'd, you know, then it'd happen again. And I'm like, yeah, obviously he doesn't understand the seriousness of my problem. Yeah. He's obviously not getting this. So I, I, I was like, Ray, I said, maybe you don't understand. I said, cause he's like, you know, go set up the meeting, go do you know and I'm like? Dude, I don't understand why you're saying this. He, I, it's like the house is on fire and you're telling me to go paint the fence. Yeah. But the deal is while I was painting the fence, God puts out the house fire. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Right? Yeah. No, right. No, that's you're, that's I mean, the deal, right? So, you know, you know, we're you know, thanks for 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 coming. I want, but I, I, you know, when when I you know I told you, hey man, God's put this on my heart and those type things, and I said that you know, this is for the the guy in, in Tupelo, Mississippi, or you know, or, or you know, you know, that's going down the road, and this is the you know, that might be the or, or New Bang, Jersey or, or Bangor, Maine, or yeah. wherever, yeah. you know, and um, he just you know found our podcast and went, well, let's just see what these guys have to say, um, but you know, if 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 in fact you know that you could say one thing, you know, to that guy or that girl that gives them hope enough to maybe find a meeting, talk to somebody, you know, talk, you know, find, you know, I mean, we're not hard to find. I promise. I would mean like I wasn't anonymous when I was a drunk. I'm not going to be anonymous now yeah. except for the newcomer, but you know, how important and not, I mean, because it is a life or death thing, but if you had one, you know, just something to say that might just, or, you know, yeah, it's, so funny. it's so funny because it is life or death, and yet you come into the program and, and there, there's a whole lot of laughter. Oh, you bet. I mean, yeah. people were, and, and I liked it because people were joking about very uh, inappropriate things. Were things like, that most was, people would go, oh. you know, people were excited about getting off parole. Sure, you bet. No. We finally got the ankle brace. That's right. That's right. You know, like, so we get excited about, you know, I got the blow machine off the car. That's right. Mean, like, celebrating getting off probation. That's a big deal, right? Um, but if you're new to the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, I hope you find what I found. Um, try not to judge the people. Try to judge. Try to get in and learn the program. Find somebody that's happy. Find somebody that's that's doing this and, and knows what they're doing and can guide you through the twelve steps. Because I'm going to be real blunt. The idea of being in a twelve step program and not working the twelve steps is stupid. Sure. Okay, um, like that's just silly. Don't like, you know, that's where the recovery is, right? Um, meetings are incredible because I, 
I was thinking, you know, like what you were saying about like no matter where you are, if you're in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or you're in Princeton, New Jersey, sure. or you're in Connecticut, or like you're in Florida, whatever, it doesn't matter. We all got the same book. That's, right. that's the thing. So I've I've lived in New York. I've lived in San Francisco. I've lived in L.A. I've lived in Baltimore. I've lived in D.C. I've lived in um, Texas. Like, it's it's amazing. You know what I mean? I moved. You know, at twenty four years of sobriety, I moved to New York City, and twenty four years of sobriety. And I remember raising my hand. They asked if there's any newcomers, and I was like, I'm not a newcomer, but this is the epicenter of my drinking. And I just moved back to New York City, and I could use some phone numbers. And a year and a half later, I represented that meeting at the Bill W. Dinner Dance. Oh, how cool is that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like that's how the program of Alcoholics Anonymous works. Because if it it works, if you show up and you you give over to it. So the, like, I guarantee the program works. You got to get in there and do it. Well, you know, and, and I'm just going to ride right along with that because you'll never meet in my, in my, it's been in my experience that I have not met a more non-judgmental, you know, I mean, when, when, when you know, and, and, uh, and these guys really want, the only thing they want, is to help you stay sober. Yeah, I, I, I will say that's I, like I was looking for a flaw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was like, my first meeting, I'm like, uh, they started to pass the basket, and I thought, oh, it's a money deal. Yeah. And then they said the seventh tradition about you know, and the guy next to me goes, man, that just pays for the donuts for the bums and the and 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 the guys in three piece suits. You know that's what I mean? Right. Pays for the coffee and keeps the lights on. And I was like, so you guys like it just like pays the rent? And they go, yeah, and you can put it in or not. And I was like, okay. And if you need it, you can take it out. I got to look another way. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know, don't suggest that one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean. Did I answer any questions? Man, I just, you, you know, I just rambled. You did exactly what God, you know, in my opinion, what was supposed to be. Done. <laughs> um, you know, I, I want, I want to say thank you so much because you're, you know, you are, you know, you're an aspiration to me an inspiration to me. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, when I get, you know, if, if God allows me to see, you know, with a 38 drink, year drinking career and getting sober, you know, at 50, I'm not quite sure I'm going to be able to outrun that one. Well, never know. Then you never know. But, uh, hey, guys, I, I, I want to thank you for listening in. And, you know, um, again, man, we're here, at, you know, at least once a week. And we appreciate you and of course man if you're out there and, and and if you're if you're in a hopeless you know state of mind um we want to let you know that you can recover from a you know a hopeless state of mind and body uh, and we invite you to find a meeting you know ask somebody you know grab somebody because that's 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 you know what what we're all about is just helping other alcoholics recover from this horrible disease guys i love you thank you so very much for tuning in um i'll see you when i see you if you don't see me first